He is Ben Perez. I am Nick Perez, and we are Box 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 Brothers Podcast. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm glad to be recording with you. It is a now what Wednesday when we're recording, but I'm yes, it is. I'm glad that we're here. We're talking about F1, so I'm happy to just be here. What about you, Nick? How are you doing? I'm excited. So to give a little feedback to people who don't know, we actually forgot to click record. We recorded this episode originally yesterday, but now we're back at it doing it again. So I am excited to get to be back talking F1 with you, Ben. Yep. The little red blinking dot is up in the corner. So I know for a fact this episode is being recorded. Uh, but without further ado, Nick, let's just get into the race. It, what were your initial thoughts on the race down in Miami? You know, I would definitely expected more. I mean, especially no. like with the main draw of Miami being mm-hmm. that it's really unpredictable. It's rain. It's a tight street circuit that like punishes mistakes. Mm-hmm. We really didn't get any of that. Like yeah. it was supposed to rain. It didn't two, rain. Two years in a row, we've been promised rain, Nick, and we have not gotten any rain for this race, which leads it to be a very standard follow the path DRS train race. And not mm-hmm. like there was a bunch of overtaking in the midfield, but they were talking about this on the Sky Sports cast the entire time that once someone got offline, it was just so dusty and they lost so much grip that it was almost impossible to overtake a lot. Yeah. And just especially like, can I do, can I give a little like audible representation of how far away the Red Bulls were from anyone else? Yeah, go for it. So when I so when I give a bing, it's gonna be a car passing. So the first bing is gonna be the Red Bull, and the next car will be Fernando Alonso. Okay. So you ready? Yep. Play it. This is going to make for great podcasting. <laughs> it's a ding. Bing. Yep. We're we're just gonna we're gonna sit here for a little bit. While. Just, yeah. The the Red Bull the Red Bull just passed. It's that that was Sergio Perez passing. Are we After waiting for Mac- Max or are we we no, wait, waiting for Alonzo? We're waiting for Alonzo. Oh, okay. Just sitting here. Still waiting. So it's so long. <laughs> yeah. You read 20 seconds and you don't think it's that long, but when you're on a racetrack and yeah. that's the difference between the two cars. It's crazy. Well, I mean, in F1, even like over a second is forever, because that could be one car going through turn three and then the next car going through turn seven so Mm -hmm. it it, the gaps are the gap that red bull has this year is absolutely insane and i don't think the answer is to roll back red bull either you can't really punish them for just getting it so right this season yeah and especially because like they're not doing anything like gimmick gimmicky like the dash system or like a double diffuser yeah variable ride height it's just designed a better car. <laughs> yeah, and they nailed it the first year of regulations, which I don't think anyone else thought that they would under- nail it that well. Because even mm-hmm. Ferrari thought that they did a really good job with their car when it first came out last year because they took, what, three of the first four races? 
Yeah, something like I mean, that. Especially a lot of those coming to Red Bull DNFs. Mm-hmm. So that made it like exaggerate the result a lot more, though. Yeah, and once they solved their reliability and stopped DNFing, it was just a, it was a landslide, and they just ran away with the championship. A hundred percent. And I thought there was going to be a little bit of, I guess, con- not controversy, but a little bit of excitement after the qualifying and Leclerc crashing into the wall like he did in Q3 and jumbling up the the order, leaving Max down at nine, Checo on pole, Alonso in second, and then I think Signs in third. Was that it? Yeah, and then especially... Um... I mean, even K-Mag was up there in fourth. With with that crash after he made it into Q3. Yeah, and then especially like it was a jumbled up grid, so a lot of craziness could happen into turn one. But like just nothing happened. Like Yeah, Max was just that hit the mushroom or the bullet bill and Mario Kart and then just started zooming past. And I understand why drivers aren't fighting him as much because it wastes too much tire and if their race isn't with max then it just leaves them vulnerable to the car behind them Mm -hmm. and like that sergio didn't even race a bad race or have too many mistakes or just on a bad strategy Mm -hmm. he just had the the different the opposite strategy of max or max raced the hards very long from the start Mm -hmm. and then got the mediums at the very end but sergio just had 40 lap old hards and they're wasn't that much he could do it with him yeah he didn't so have yeah he didn't have the grip to compete with him yeah and it's also not like he was just such a poor driver he just didn't do it yeah well. and it turned out that max's strategy was the better of them starting out mm-hmm. on the hard and going to the medium but with checo at the start of the start of the grid taking pole you couldn't give up the grip of the medium tire to the start of the race. So hundred percent would have started on the hards. Yeah, he could have come back later, but then it would have made him even more vulnerable to Max as he came through that field. And then they would have been on the same strategy and had to do something with the pit box. And maybe he would have gotten overtaken in the pit lane rather than on track like he did. Yeah, and there's just nothing that he could have done in my eyes. I don't think he yeah. could have done anything different to improve his strategy or yeah. get better at all. Mm-hmm. Cause what the gap when he came, when Max came into the pits to change for the medium was about what four to five seconds, maybe three seconds behind mm-hmm. Checo with what five to 10 laps, 10 to five laps remaining in the race. And he, it just felt like he was a sitting duck to Max coming up on on him with better tires and more pace. And Max was just so fast. Mm -hmm. And like, there just wasn't anything that he could do. Yeah. So I don't really blame him. Yeah. I I don't blame him. He now has a 14 point lead in the driver's championship, I believe. And we'll see what happens when they go to Imola this upcoming weekend. But Checo, he has the pace, and I think if he wants to win the championship, things will have to turn out well. But he is driving much better than he did last year. A hundred percent, and he's showing why he deserves to still be in that Red Bull car. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, he's upped his game. So I think the if the 
drivers, the up and coming Rebel Academy drivers want to get a seat, it will probably be down at AlphaTari taking over yeah. Nick DeFries' seat next year. And here's my thing at like with the Red Bull Academy. Mm-hmm. I think it may be on the out because Sergio was not found by the Red Bull Academy. Mm-hmm. He was just a driver that they put in the car and, and over a couple of years yeah. he was able to adapt mm-hmm. to the Red Bull and yeah. is able to give it a really good race on his day. So, but, I mean, it, you can't say that the Red Bull Academy hasn't been effective because, what, 40% of the grid is from the Red Bull Academy right now? That is true. And also, they they were able to find their their champion, their Max Verstappen. Like, yeah. they were able to find him as a Red Bull junior. Like, the main point, they wanted to find that kid. Yeah. And they found him. Well, I think what happens next is as Max starts to decline, and it won't be over the next five years or maybe six years, but if he leaves in 2028 or 2030, whenever his contract is up, they will have to replace him. So where are you going to pull that driver from? You can recruit, you can do that, or you can raise your own superstar athlete so i don't think i think there's still value in that red bull academy to grow the next driver because max isn't going to race forever and how he's been talking about retiring already with all the sprint races and it affecting his life i wouldn't be surprised if he just made his money and then peaced out and he all he wants to do is (laughs) sim race yeah so so I mean he can sim race from where wherever he wants to in the world. So he could go do that. He could explore different racing categories as well. So Le Mans isn't away from him. He could go to IndyCar to just drive the Indy five hundred and get the motors triple crown. The motorist's yeah. triple crown. Yeah. So I just have no clue. Yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. But there I mean, even Yuki's looking good he's finally performing at the level that red bull expected him and it maybe took three years of him to mature but that seat is also that driver is also looking like a valuable asset to them as well mm-hmm. and 100 percent, there's just so much stuff to talk about in the red bull like category mm-hmm. so for the rest of the race though any exciting tidbits or things that you noticed? Because the there wasn't like there was a lot of overtaking, and even during qualifying in Q one, there was only a one and two point one second difference between Max Verstappen and Logan Sargent, who came in last, which is a crazy small differential. Yeah, and it just shows you how much these drivers are having to extract from their car mm-hmm. to do well, and like especially how close the midfield is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, who do you think is the most likely to get out of the midfield and start competing with Verstappen and Red Bull, or not necessarily this year, but over the course of the next like two years? Do you think it's Aston Martin? Do you think it's Ferrari? Do you think? Alpine comes in is it Mercedes I think definitely on their day I think it will be um, uh, Aston Martin 
And yeah. I say that because one, they invested so heavily into their racing program. Yeah. Two, they have Alonzo mentoring and really stepping into that mentor role of of Stroll, mm-hmm. like mentoring Stroll, coaching him up while he was driving through turns in eleven and twelve. Yeah, he looked up at the big strategy. Screen. Yeah. <laughs> asking so oh, just, who who did stroll overtake right there what's he doing that's what you can do when you have a 20 second gap and you're out in no man's land driving so yeah that just really shows you how much like how much they have mm-hmm. and like in the future are able to do with it yeah. and they're able to just i feel like they're a time they're a team primed for success mm-hmm. in the future so I feel like them, and then I also have a dark horse in um, Alfa Romeo. Yeah, once they turn over up. to Audi, mm-hmm. I feel like they will take a huge step up in the level of just competition and mm-hmm. being at the top, especially with Valtteri Bottas. So yeah, yeah. Valtteri, you also have. Andreas Seidel as their CEO. So I have faith in him. They might bring over Lando once the new engine comes in. And you can see how quickly a works team can improve, like Mercedes did in 2014, bringing in a new engine with the added resources that go along with being a new entry into the F1 team. So I think your Audi is a good prediction. I also think Lance Stroll and Aston, like you said, with the money and you know what else billionaires are great at Nick finding, finding loopholes in taxes and finding loopholes in business. So if there is a loophole that they can invest more money in and maybe have a side project that looks like it's part of F1, but is not technically part of F1, you could fund that and maybe find a loophole there that doesn't actually go underneath the cost cap so you can spend more money compared to your competitors. Most definitely. Most definitely. Now, another interesting thing about the race, and it's not really about the race, but it's about the weekend, Mm -hmm. the amount of um, influencers that were there that were invited out, and it felt very americanized and something that i didn't necessarily like is like when you start to realize that it's like it's a global sport Mm -hmm. and that there's three races in america it's the only place where there's multiple races at yeah well we are like it is very large and i know liberty media since they are an american company they're trying to tap into the american market so to get the most amount of eyes on it it's cool to see Federer, Serena, all of your influencers. Um, Brad Pitt was there, Tom Cruise, and it was made into a celebrity event. I just, I, it was very Americanized. I, I know they are planning on doing that at a few more races this year. Um, mm-hmm. But since it is a global thing, I would like to see a more global aspect to it so that it's something different instead of what we see every day because i think as america does become a more global society and a more global culture we're importing more k-pop we're watching more english premier league we're watching more f1 we're watching more movies from india and china and just around the world 
I want to see them not necessarily I, I want to see them embrace a global aspect that they're a part of it. And we're not just trying to export this Americana version of what sports are. Mm-hmm. And in in the YouTube introductions, like mm-hmm. for what they did. So did you see the video of the introductions? Oh, uh, the LL Cool J? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what Do was funny know- about that? Uh the only person that got a dab on the back was from Lewis Hamilton to LL Cool J. And all I could think about was the Key and Peel sketch when I mm-hmm. think uh Keel is playing uh or Jordan Poole, not Jordan Poole, um Jordan Key is playing Barack Obama and he's going through the line and he's like, uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you for everyone. That's white. And then whenever he, uh, sees someone, uh, a black dude, he's like, ah, my brother. <laughs> and that's what I felt like LL Cool J and Lewis Hamilton's moment was. And it just made me laugh because everyone else was just like waving at LL Cool J, but then it showed that Lewis and LL were actually friends. Mm-hmm. And another thing, did you see the like to dislike ratio on that from the drivers? N- no, or like from the which who from, whose from, poll was it? It was YouTube. Just oh. just the underneath the video. Oh, I think there was forty one thousand dislikes to five thousand likes. I thought it was funny. It reminded me of a All Star game. Yeah, like a basketball introduction. So I wasn't too upset about it i thought it was a easy way to get people in and especially if you were new to f1 know who's racing today mm-hmm. so i i gave it a six out of ten i didn't like hate it but it wasn't my my favorite thing what would you give it on a scale of one to ten like or dislike i mean i'd give it a meh meh yeah. Like I think the one I think the one in Austin was a lot cooler from twenty whenever. Mm-hmm. It was a few years ago, but it was that one was cooler, I feel like. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But I think they were definitely trying to push a version of America that is very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Instead of embracing what it was more for the show of it than the authenticity of the race and good racing and a good sporting event. Yeah. I also feel like just the racetrack can be improved, but mm-hmm. also like there's not much to change. The only thing that would like really spice up the race mm-hmm. would be for like either like a sharper turn one or like yeah. a red flag, which would be, would have made the race super interesting yeah, I th- have trouble with any race that you re- rely on red flags or rain to make it interesting. Because in mm-hmm. qualifying, it looked fun to drive and it looked really fast, except for that last turn where Charles bends it. It does look like a fun tractor race, but similar to Baku, you're expecting a red flag to make it interesting compared to mm-hmm. Silverstone or any other good racing town. Like, brazil where you have Mm -hmm. a lot of turns to overtake and it's pretty flat out that you can make it interesting without relying on external factors Mm -hmm. and i think that's like a huge fact in like track design Mm -hmm. and like because it is so hard to make 
a good track mm-hmm. like to make a perfect track there's plenty of tracks that are like mediocre mm-hmm. like take spain for example like it is a good track and it produces some great racing but most of the time it is a snooze fest so mm-hmm. it really depends on the track on the day on the weather on mm-hmm. the, on the cars racing on the track so yeah hopefully they'll they'll improve it for next year so i'm i'm hopeful because i think miami's up was re-up for another three years the and yeah. this is this is one of the things that i'm worried about for f1 in america is how good the racing will be in <clears throat> Las Vegas because that's their creme de la creme. And right now I'm not a hundred percent behind the race in Las Vegas. Yes, it will look cool underneath the lights and heading down the strip, but that might be the only interesting part of the race is how pretty it looks. Yeah, I mean I I hope and I think I don't think it will be the best race, but I hope that the racing is good. It does mm-hmm. not look like the best circuit currently at the moment, though. Yeah. Well, we will have to wait and find out. Anything else on this race? Not that I have. Okay. Yeah, that's about it for me, too. Want to get into our race predictions? Let's do it. All right. Let's get into that next. Welcome back, guys, to race predictions with ben and nick we did not do well this week i think we hit on one thing and that was my thing yeah so i think i take the dub this week but here we go here is what we have in store for you right now so my first race prediction was hamilton on the podium yeah, and that just did not fan out with Hamilton not making it to Q3, just not driving the best of, of races. Um, yeah, he was stuck in that midfield, and with everyone being caught in that dirty air, he struggled to get through the, the midfield. I mean, George put it in fourth place, which I think is, is like fourth, fourth place this year. But yeah, Hamilton did not have a a great drive today it wasn't bad but he just struggled to get through the field with that mercedes yeah 100 percent. and plus he was just he was just caught up kind of throughout the day mm-hmm. so yeah yeah maybe next week i their upgrades in imola let's hope that they they can bridge the gap at least to aston martin hopefully and ben's first bet was claire on pole well, I actually had, we'll do the first two because they're kind of, um, re- they are related because I had Leclerc on pole. I thought I was right in the Ferrari train hype. I was like, oh, they put it on pole last week. Let's see them put it on pole this week. And I think Charles had a chance to put it on pole before he crashed out. <laughs> like he mm, was 100%. running in seventh. He was on a flyer of a lap and just took too much speed into that last turn and put his Ferrari into the wall. And with that prediction, I also thought that because he put it on pole, he wouldn't get the race win because Max would probably put it into. And I had winner from second place, which ended up not turning out to be the case either. Yeah, that just did not happen. Fernando Alonso did not win the race. Do you think that Ferrari is going to get back into the 
mix this season? No. no. Do I think they win a race? Maybe. But it'd have to be a for our, or it'd have to be a Red Bull malfunction for them to win a race, or at least a yeah. max def- malfunction, or someone crashing out. I just, I I see them winning a race, but not. Yeah, not. Well. I struggle to see anyone win a race against Red Bull that they actually do well in, unless there's a mechanical failure or a puncture in the sidewall. Yeah. So next up, mine. Next one was Logan Sargent in the points. I figured home race, he's going to be fast. Uh, but that just did not happen with him coming in 20th. Yeah, this, I expected more. Only living 15 miles apart, maybe the pressure of racing in front of your home crowd got to him. Uh, he didn't do well, and he does have some speed out there. He just hasn't been able to put it all together for one lap consistently. So I was very disappointed. He was also the only one to speak into the microphone during the racer introductions saying, bring that energy, Miami, bring it. Yeah. And then he followed by crickets. Twentieth. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully he improves over the, over the course of the year. Um, my next bet was AlphaTauri being the first car to retire. That did not happen. We did not have any DNFs, surprisingly, this year. I think this was like the 34th race of all time that there was no DNFs at all, which is very surprising over 60 years of racing or so, maybe more. Yeah, and that's that's just a crazy kind of statistical thing. Mm-hmm. So I figured that Nick DeFries would bend it into the wall or at least like have a malfunction with that tractor that they're, they're driving. Yeah. I was wrong though. Your next one, Nick. I had Piastri to beat Norris and that just did not happen with Piastri coming in 19th land and Norris coming in 17th. Yeah. There was, they were, they were close though. Only three cars separated or two cars separate or one car separated them. But 20 seconds separated them. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that Piastri has the pace and I think he'll put it together, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But I think he has at least three years in the sport to make that change. Yeah. And I mean, I just think there's such like a potential that he has, but at the same time, it, like it needs to happen now. But also at another same time, um the it's it's a tractor Mm -hmm. yeah it's not fast yeah so it's it must be so frustrating for them to be back there and not be able to put their talents to full use a hundred percent so uh moving on my last one was in the points and that was right outside he loves finishing in 11th and god he just needs some help to start picking up those one point finishes for 10th he really uh he really uh. sorry i'm yawning so much but yes he really does yeah so hopefully he'll be able to Put it into the points for next week in Imola. And your final mm-hmm. bet, Nick? I guess my two, two final. Bet. Yeah, my final two bets was Carlos signs uh, to beat Chocolate Eclair. 
and Lance to beat Fernando Alonso. Both of those just did not happen whatsoever. So, well, at least you, well, no, you got Carlos Sainz to beat yeah. Leclerc. But Lance, after starting 18th, it just shows that the driver does matter a lot with the, a good car. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I guess I have one more, which was Nick DeFries to DNF, which was a double with my Alphatari to first retire. But good on you for getting one of these bets right this week. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll try again later, but I think overall we are tied on the season for bets. Ready to get, uh, get into our power ranking of the helmets, Miami helmets this year? Yep. All right. Let's get into that <laughs> next. Welcome to the helmet segment of our podcast. So... Uh, a little overview, an F1 driver can make slight alterations to their helmet, even though they say slight, maybe pretty large. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this week, Miami, it's a very special week for the drivers. They get all excited. We make new helmets. So let's get right into it. We did a little um, rock, paper, scissors beforehand. So Ben has the first pick. Yeah, so with that first pick... I'm going to go with my favorite helmet of the the season. He did it last year. He brought a basketball helmet. This year, he continued with his ball theme, this time drawing inspiration from the Miami beaches and coming in with the beach ball helmet. Lando Norris gets my top pick of this Miami Grand Prix helmet. I just thought it was fun. Um, and that was my favorite helmet from yeah the the drivers this week. Yeah, so that was actually not my favorite helmet, so I was really surprised when you picked his helmet. But uh, my favorite... The, I, I think I know which helmet that you're talking about. And it was my second second pick, and I was hoping that it might fall to me, but go ahead and uh, tell me your pick, Nick. My pick is Alex Albon's golf ball helmet. Yeah. It's just such a solid helmet and really encapsulates a golf ball on a fairway so yeah it was a dope helmet i loved it i know his his girlfriend his partner's a golf influencer right she is and there's tons of golf courses in miami i thought it was a a dope helmet and deserving of the second spot Mm -hmm. uh with the number two pick of mine i'm going to go with my second favorite helmet and that's going to be Charles Leclerc's palm leaf blue and red colorway helmet. I thought it was dope, encapsulated the beaches of Miami, the palm trees that are ever present. And I thought it went really well with the his white helmet and then incorporating that red and white of the Morocco or not the the Monacan flag throughout his race design. Mm-hmm. Next up with the pick, third overall pick, I'm going to take or fourth overall pick. I'm going to take Esteban Ocon's helmet. Looks super sweet. Miami Vice colorway with the palm trees and a big old American flag on it. So I feel like it encapsulates everything about the weekend. Yeah, that one was very dope. Mm -hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it. A lot of people went with the pink and blue colorway, that those Miami Vice colors. Um, And my third pick, the fifth overall pick, I'm going to choose... 
a very similar design to Esteban Ocon's. And I'm going to take Carlos Sainz with his pink and red, blue colorway and the black helmet. I thought it just looked really cool. And then you have that red stripe of Ferrari down the middle. So that's going to be my my second pick or my uh-huh, third 100%. pick. Who now, are you for my for my third pick? I'm going in with Haas Money Man himself, Nico. Looking big, yeah. Really solid helmet, uh, just Palm Beachy vibes. I love the blue color, especially with the matching racing overalls. I just feel mm. like it made for a really solid helmet and overalls look. Yeah, it it was cool. It was pretty. I'd wear this helmet to to race it, no doubt. Um, with my fourth pick, I'm going to choose the Haas partner, and. This might be a little bit underrated. I thought that it was really cool, but let's take K-Mags. It looked like a big football helmet with a big K on the side, reminiscent of the high school athletes. It also reminded me of a big K on a Letterman jacket and encapsulated that Americana look, which I appreciated. And it was different than just sticking with that traditional Miami Vice theme that a lot of the drivers went with. Mm Mm-hmm. My next pick is going to be the hometown boy himself, Logan Sargent, with a little skyline of his hometown, palm trees, and a big old American flag on top. And mm-hmm. just encapsulates what it means to be an American. Yeah, it, he looked the part for his home race. I, I agree with that. It was a cool colorway, and the American flags helped. Um, so it is deserving of the eighth spot here. So Nick, moving on to the last, the last picks of the draft, there were a couple that I guess we have three left between Yuki Sonoda, Max Verstappen, and Pierre Gasly. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to change. No, I'll leave it like I I chose it last week and give you the option for to change it. Give me Max Verstappen. I enjoy that helmet. I was down between him and Yuki Tsunoda because I think Yuki's helmet was really cool, changing the maple leaves of his to the pink and blue to match the Miami Vice colorway. Um, But I'm going to keep it with Max because of how it matched not only the Miami theme, but also that Red Bull livery this week. Yeah, 100%. For me, my final pick, I'm going to go Yuki Sonoda. His helmet this year has been really solid, and then especially with his little Miami Vice colorway switch up, I just feel like it is really solid. Yeah, it was a cool helmet, no doubt. And I think he can do that, change that colorway, since it's not too much of a change. He could modify those leaves to match whatever city that he's in or whatever theme that they're going for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So that Let's... pretty much wraps up the mm-hmm. podcast. Thank you everyone at home, wherever you are in the world. If you can speak English, if you can't speak English, just thanks for Thank hopping you. on. Thank you so much to the pod. We appreciate you. Love you. And we will see you in the next one. Box, 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 it's out of the car, it's out of the car. <laughs> <laughs>